Welcome to another episode of Innovation Fuel. I am Gevare Farhadian. And I am Dave Kiran. Innovation Fuel is a bi-weekly business podcast brought to you by University Canada West. We aim to bring you new stories by entrepreneurs, business owners, and key industry professionals. So far, we have explored diverse business models and how entrepreneurs are innovating and adapting to our current environment. Make sure you check out our episodes at www.ucanwest.ca slash innovation fuel. So, Galari, leadership. Yeah. I, I like to think I like to think I'm a great leader. <laughs> you are a great leader. To be honest with you, I've never had a best you I think you're one of the best leaders that I ever had. Because first, you're very approaching, you're very innovative, come with a great idea and passionate about your idea. When you talk about your ideas, I can picture it and I can follow you easily. So yes, you're a great leader. Without authority. <laughs> Wow, wow. I don't know if I deserve that much credit, but you know, we do talk about leadership and leadership is, you know, it it, it does have has its challenges. And one of the things we 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 hope to talk to Paulina today about is the challenges with leadership and and women and women in leadership. Yes, Dave, it's uh, as a woman, you know, uh, you are a white man in North America, right? So you will get, without doing anything, you will get a credit. People just think you are good because you are man and you are white and you are from North America, right? You have everything that you needed. But for other people, for women, for not being white women, uh, not being Canadian, right, is not easy. You, you have to do, you have to put a lot of effort to show that you were capable of doing it. You're competent of doing it. You're, it's not easy. It's not easy as a man you doing that one. And when you're moved to a leadership positions, still you have to people, it's, it's, it's difficult to get the respect, acknowledgement as a woman, as the same as a man, you know? You cannot, even, do, even the society do not expect you behave in the same way. You cannot be tough because you're a woman, you should be nice, you know? That is that is it's what they expect from you. you Gurlari, you're absolutely right, like you always are. You are amazing. Um, and I also think you're an amazing leader too. But you know something, we need to get this thing going. So without further ado, let's ignite today's episode of Innovation Fuel. Okay, guys, we are going to invite again Paulina Cameron because she was fantastic and we didn't finish our conversation with her. Paulina Cameron is a director for BC Yukon French, uh, Future Pioneer Canada and past president and chair of Young Women in Business. She served on the Government of Canada's Expert Panel on Youth Employment, was a visiting professor at Simon Fraser University, and is a frequent speaker and thought after advisor. Paulina won the Aliens for Women's Top 100 International Women Award and the inaugural Wendy McDonald Award from the Vancouver Board of Trade. Plus, she's an author of the book of uh, Canada 150 Women. 
Wow. Again, you know, Paulina, uh, love having you back again here to have a discussion with us today. So, uh, Paulina, you've had a lot of experience in leadership and it shows throughout your uh, your CV and your experiences. So um, tell us a little bit more about women in leadership. We need more of them. <laughs> um, yeah. What do, you, what do you want to hear about, Dave? Yeah, you know, as we talked about before, we, there's some barriers of entry to, the, to different situations and areas and in entrepreneurship and, and women. Now, when we go in, we go into more of an ingrained into the work world and leadership, like and women taking on leadership roles. Are we still seeing the same sort of story that's happening with women taking leadership roles uh, as, as opposed to the entrepreneurship? Right. Yeah. So much of it is similar. Um, and, you know, to the point that was made earlier, one of the biggest challenges is, again, around how we expect women to behave and what we expect them to do or not do and show up. Um, and from a really early time, uh, there are differences, you know, male associates. So kind of the earliest stage entry level are encouraged to go golfing and network and build their communities that way versus women expected to put in long hours and bring the cookies the next day. And so you see that happening right from the get-go. Um, you, of course, then have an added layer of childcare and the expectations that brings at the middle management level and our perceptions of what flexibility is or isn't um, and what that needs to be. Um, so you, you do see the ripple effects of that for sure. So it's not easy to enter in a main club. That's why you say that. A male club, it's difficult to enter because they are, even the networking that they're doing it, they're doing something that you're not allowed to enter, right? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, bring cookies rather than play the golf. Yeah, there's an expectation of what that looks like, too. And truthfully... I don't play golf. I have zero interest in it. And at five o'clock, I want to be having kids going for a walk with my kids and having dinner. And so if all of the systems again, and this kind of speaks to that systemic piece, but if all of the systems are designed in a certain way where it's, we network between five 30 and eight 30 and we're going up for drinks and for dinner. And that is where these pieces are happening. Of course, women aren't participating in them either because their values don't align with it or their logistics don't align for it. And sometimes it's their choice, but sometimes it's systemically what they have or haven't been able to access to do so. Uh, and so unless those pieces change in the culture of a business, you know, I was talking to a woman entrepreneur and she said, she doesn't let, she literally shuts down their email survey between five and seven because what she was finding is people were staying on longer, expecting people to chime in. And most of her workforce actually has children. And she was so committed to making sure that women could feel great about their contributions and not feel guilty about spending time with their kids, that that was how she enforced that culture until it finally became normalized. And so these are decisions leaders can choose to make. I think one of the interesting things in the pandemic is so many companies who previously would have said, there's no way we can be remote. We can never do that. Here we are. We are here in remote. And um, well, it'll be interesting to see if people stay and if, if people have proven that workforces can function this way and can be more supportive. But on the flip side of that, I heard the other day, I saw someone post on Twitter, they heard of a company where the CEO required everyone to be on Zoom always. So you always had, your, had to have your camera on. And then they would randomly walk by and see if someone wasn't there, they'd start pinging you. How awful is that? So, you know, leaders have the choice of how they contribute, how they perpetuate, how they change that kind of culture. 
Yeah. So, so, uh, so we're talking about, you know, in today's, today's world around leadership, a, a big conversation that's been having is, or have is around emotional intelligence. And there's a big like debate about who's better at this men or women about e- emotional intelligence. And, and we, and we think we know emotional intelligence is so important to the, the, to being a successful leader. Can you tell us a little bit more about what your, uh, what your belief is around emotional intelligence and leadership? I think everyone has the opportunity to have strong emotional intelligence. I think it is not taught to anyone. I think there is a lot about the external ways that emotional intelligence comes out that makes us perceive those traits as feminine as opposed to masculine, which is not the same thing as men and women. So masculine and feminine traits are not the same as men are better than this. Lots of women have many masculine traits. Lots of men have many feminine traits. Typically, though, and this is what we talked about earlier, when men or sorry, when women have um, strong masculine traits, they're penalized for it versus men are rewarded for it. And when males have feminine traits, they get rewarded for it. So they win both sides of it. Um, And it doesn't serve men either in it. Like toxic masculinity is also a really significant challenge when men don't have the opportunity to be emotionally expressive it comes out in really negative ways, both for them, for their employees, for their families. And so it really hurts everyone. I So I um, I don't like to engage in the, you know, are men or women better at it? Because I don't think it's about that. I think instead what is needed is how do we learn more about emotional intelligence? How can we invest in that? And when, where can that show up? And can we be leaders? Um I have, um, I've been really fortunate with the mentors I've had in my life who have been role models in that for me. And I've spent a lot of personal time and money and energy investing into that in myself, because I do agree with you, Dave. I think it's one of the most significant game changing pieces that you can have for yourself, for your family and for your team. I have, I think we can all say we've experienced the difference when we've worked with a leader who had high emotional intelligence versus low emotional intelligence. We know how that feels. And the ripples effects of that are not just on our work, but they're on our home, on our overall well-being and mindset too. Um, yeah. Yeah. So uh, I have another question about authority. You mm-hmm. as a leader, how, um, because the way you're showing your authority or participation, it's different from a male, right? How you're showing this authority uh, your authorities to the others, your subordinate, I should say. Well, that's so interesting. And as you said that, I actually found myself wondering, what does that mean? And how does that show up? So I think one of the, you know, one of the things with leadership is I see it really as creating and enforcing a culture of trust, of support, of one where people feel like they can thrive and grow. Um, And to me, that doesn't need to equate with authority. Uh, Instead, for me, what that equates with is bringing people up and um, supporting one another and having mindful conversations with one another and challenging, supportively challenging one another and encouraging. I, um, I mentioned on the previous episode, I was born in Poland. I was born into a very patriarchal, structured, hierarchical um, culture. That is what that culture is. It's very male dominated, very hierarchical dominated. Certainly when I worked at KPMG, just the model of how you progress through a corporation like that is very hierarchical. And so I have experienced 
authority and dominance as a leadership style. And it's not one that resonates personally with me. And it's not one that resonates in terms of receiving it, but also in terms of giving it. I am not, I don't, um, I don't lead as an authoritative leader. I lead much more as a collaborative, supportive and consensus building leader where I truly value contribution and opinion. And what I find more important is what is our goal? Like I'm very impact driven. And so the way I think about this is what are we trying to achieve? Let's get so excited and clear about our vision and our impact. And then strengths-based model. Let's see what are our strengths? What can we contribute? And then get very clear on the ownership and how we will support each other and go through it and design the systems and processes that support that. So to me, when you asked that question, it was so interesting because I was like authority, authority. I'm authoritative and I don't think I am. And yet in workplaces, you're right. You typically think of like authority and control and dominance related to leadership. So that was such a fun question to get to think through. Yes. So, but because you know, um, I, I will share my challenge. I want to be approachable, friendly as well as a leader, but I want to keep my board. I mean, I want to show the border, you know, as well. This is going to be challenging for us because it's, it's easier for male to do it, to be approachable, friendly, plus be the boss, you know. But for female, it's sometimes this border is not very clear. I mean, the people cannot see it easily, you know. They just, if you are nice, they trying to support you. If you're a little bit tough, then they will just freak out and just call you something else and they're not easily follow you, you know. So what do you think about this kind of be approachable, friendly, plus be authoritative? Yeah, I think it's a balance that everyone has to strike on their own because I do think it depends a little bit, you know, on your personality, on um, how you show up in the world. I think something really valuable to think about is can you get any feedback from people to tell you what behaviors? Because there's two different things. There's one, it's those, you know, um, personality traits of how they come up to life around like nice and likability and those things. And then there's behaviors. What behaviors are you doing or not doing that make people feel about you in a certain way? Right. And so I think there is, you, I think you can absolutely be kind and approachable and still, um, and still command the kind of leadership you need in a workplace environment without it feeling like, you know, um, bringing the hammer down. But I do think is it around what are the behaviors and getting feedback around the behaviors and people saying, hey, you know, and being open to that feedback, but also giving it of, you know, hey, when you said that to me or when we have this conversation, I think the intention was this, but I think, but the way it made me, and the way it made me feel is this. And so it's really, it comes back to the question of emotional intelligence is, can you really, unravel the behavior from the feeling from the intentions from how people perceive it because so much of it is it doesn't matter what you think you're doing or saying all that matters is how someone perceives it which you can't control what you can control is the clarity and the intentionality with which you speak with which you show up with your behaviors and growing and learning from that you know if you get feedback if you are continuously getting feedback that a behavior is making people feel this way. You have the opportunity to take a step back and go, okay, my intention is not this. My intention is this, but I also want them to feel this way. What in my behavior is happening here? What do I need to adjust? Um, and taking that and learning forward. That is 
fantastic. So it's it's most of the time because uh, what I hear from you, it's about your behavior, your behavior, right? So most of the time we hear that one, it's uh, women, it's very emotional, right? And they are dealing with the hormones sometimes. They are more emotional than before. So it means this one is when they look at you and they look at in this, say you're emotional. So, and especially in the tension positions, you know, in the very tense positions, you how you're dealing with this kind of comments if they telling to you about maybe you're emotional. Yeah, I have three thoughts. One, my first one is go watch Trump in a debate and tell me that he's not emotional <laughs> and destructively so. <laughs> Cultures need to change because people are human beings. People have emotions. So we can't we can't say that someone has more emotions or not. People have all the emotions. We are emotional beings. We all have them. And workplaces we we just need to get that people are emotions that is a thing and then three it comes back to again emotional intelligence men can have outbursts women can have outbursts sometimes men stereotypically have angry outbursts versus women have sad or upset outbursts it does not serve either of them to have that what it becomes down to is how what are you going to do when you have that feeling in you how is it going to come out? What are you going to do about it? You do control that. You have a moment to take a breath and go, okay, I am feeling this. Maybe I need to step away from this conversation. Maybe I need to say, this is a lot of information. Thank you for sharing it. I'm going to come back to you in an hour. You can do that. You can absolutely do that. And um, it doesn't say anything worse about your leadership. In fact, it shows your leadership. It shows your leadership of awareness, of wanting to consciously show up. And then fourth, I'm going to add a bonus fourth, is that when I hear any kind of commentary about women being hormonal or anything that comes out to that, I 1000% dismiss it because it is um, entirely one, not helpful, not true. It, it reduces women to um, only their role as a human creator and the hormones that come with that. And that is greatly, um, uh, yeah, it's just, it's dismissive and it's not, uh, and it doesn't serve anyone. And truthfully, I'll remind them that, hey, you were born because women are hormonal. And if they weren't, you would not be able to have been created. <laughs> uh, if we need to talk about a behavior or if we need to talk about how our culture is and how we show up or if someone's tone isn't right and we need to change that around the culture, that is a different conversation. But I don't want to hear any of that. <laughs> You know, I, I love what you're saying, Pauline. I, 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 you, it resonates all, all the way across. I'm, and the one thing I did, did talk about there, and I wanted to just kind of bring it up because when we talk about leadership, we talk about teams, we talk about and how we forge those teams. And you mentioned something in there, and I think there's there's a challenge in this. We, 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 we go back and forth on this strengths versus weaknesses. How do we play to those? Do you, do you build your weaknesses or do you strengthen them? Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, great question. I am in the camp of like double, triple, quadruple down on your strengths. This is where you're going to be in the flow. This is where this is your magic sauce as a human and you're going to excel. You're going to um, add your way of doing things and that's going to be magical. People will be attracted to that. People will be excited about that. We need that uniqueness. So quadruple down on your strengths. Don't ignore your weaknesses. Be extremely aware of them. Get really, really good at knowing what your weaknesses are and figure out what you're going to do about them. That doesn't mean fix like uh, that doesn't mean working on your weaknesses. 
maybe it might if it's that big of a challenge in a specific area or etc maybe you need a bit of knowledge so that you can at least be aware enough to talk about it so that you can hire someone to help you with it or so that and that and I mean that in a business or personal sense like if a weakness of yours is truly not knowing how to um be confident in conversations where you need to portray leadership get a coach get a coach if that's an area of weakness just get a coach work on that because that will be in that will be something that will um, get in your way. If you aren't great at accounting and you're running a business, you probably don't need to learn about accounting to the degree. You get an awesome accountant and then you sit with them and learn enough so that you understand what's going on so it's not a blind spot. So quadruple down on your strengths and don't let your weaknesses be a blind spot, but instead get really clear on what they are, understand them, and then figure out your plan for each of them. Thank you, Paulina. I I can remember from your previous episode. So I can remember the previous episode, you talked about some resources for female entrepreneur, right? Can you just a little bit talk about that one? I think we missed that one. Yeah, I mean, there's so many, it really depends on what area you're looking for, financing or business advice, etc. We have a number of them listing, listed on our website, um, which is fwe.ca. Um, and I will say, you know, just reach out Reach out to an organization who thinks is either in your area or aligned with what you might need and just ask. Most are really collaborative and really happy to see you succeed. Um, And so you can always say, hey, I'm looking for this or I need this. We do a lot of open and free community stuff. We have a weekly open community connect call. We um, where women from anywhere across Canada are welcome to join. We're building out a community platform to support that. So there's really a lot you just need to ask. And how they, our listener can reach you if they have a question. Oh, thanks. Um, well, my email is paulina, P-A-U-L-I-N-A, at fwe.ca. Um, and you can also find me on social media at paulina A. Cameron. And then our uh, FWE social media is at FWE Canada. Great. This has been phenomenal, Pauline. Thank you very much for for this insightfulness from both of our series with you and, and, and discussions. We've learned quite a bit. I hope that we might be able to do something again in the near future uh, with you. Uh, 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 very, very, very educational and very under the, and getting knowledge that, you know, we need to make some changes here. We need to, we need to be aware of what's, what we're, we're consuming, how we're consuming it and be aware of how we might be able to support some of these women entrepreneurs that are out there. They're, they're, are, are, are taking along that road, uh, that challenge. Thanks for having me. It was a pleasure. Um, Paulina, for for the end, um, do you have any recommendations for female entrepreneur or female leaders? It doesn't mean she can't um, entrepreneur. So female leaders, what do you recommend or advice for them? Be you, be awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Thank you very much. It is great. Yes, thank you, Paulina, again, for for joining us today. Uh, To all the business owners out there, we have a fleet of enthusiastic and knowledgeable students here at UCW that can help you with your business through our Capstone Project and through our internship, virtual internship program. So please reach out to us. Uh, And if you think you have a story that our listeners, our students can benefit from, please also reach out to us at www dot youcanwest.ca slash innovation fuel next episode we have an up-and-coming female entrepreneur join us again in two weeks